In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Epiphany is usually, in times of peace and tranquility, a beautiful opportunity to invite the faithful to reflect more deeply on the mystery that's so familiar, the mystery of the birth of Christ. But especially when we hear about the three magi, or four, or twelve, right? Sacred Scripture doesn't say how many, and the church fathers differ in their numbering. But we do know we've given three of them the names Caspar, Melchior, and Balthazar. With the visit of the Magi, we would do well to reread Matthew and Luke, the first few chapters, and, and weave together the narrative in a way that we probably have never done before. Reason being that St. Luke's Gospel refers to the Holy Family returning immediately to Nazareth after the birth. And and Matthew's Gospel obviously has the birth and then talks about the visit of the Magi. And then obviously the Holy Family goes straight to Egypt. Usually at Epiphany, in times of peace and tranquility. It's a beautiful opportunity to reflect on how God will be worshipped by all. And that is the ultimate trajectory of even the Old Testament with countless references to all nations coming, um, all peoples honoring him as king. Something of a mystery in the Old Testament that that would be the expectation. But we see in, the, in Epiphany a glimpse of that, a glimpse of what is to come. But these aren't really times of peace and tranquility. Um, time of great turmoil. And not just what's in the front page of the newspaper. Um, if, we, if we think that there's turmoil in our, in our country and in our government, um, people will be in for a big surprise about what's going on uh, in various bishops' conferences throughout the world. These are the times that we love to read about in history. These will be the times that people read about in history. You're living in the middle of it. So instead, at Epiphany, instead of just gently encouraging you to reflect and, and um, piece together sacred scripture in a way that you've never done before, it's, it's also worthwhile to remind you beautifully that sacred scripture is true. That the Gospels are a historical narrative. What we read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John actually happened. That's not just a, a dry lesson or a reminder of your catechism, but that's, that's something to celebrate. It's really remarkable. Do we know all the details of everything that happened? No. Could have been three, could have been four, could have been twelve. It doesn't bother us. If this were a fable, we'd have to make up every detail and fill in every little paint-by-number square. But it's not. It's the truth. It really happened. So the things that we know for sure, we hold out for certain. The things that could have been, might have been. 
I hear there are some bishops, even cardinals, who are saying that truth is not final and that the, the magisterium of the church is not determined, but it's simply a, a trajectory into the future, to ongoing endeavor. I'm paraphrasing, but the truth of what he said is actually worse. No, this really happened. It's the same kind of bishops and cardinals who are also telling people that pretty much anyone should come up to receive Holy Communion. Well, consider how the three magi, or four or twelve, what matters most is the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That's more definite and more important, but not what I'm going to talk about today. They, they, they are a foreshadowing of the fulfillment that, yes, all people will worship God. All nations will honor him as king. But not by shoehorning them into a false communion. Rather, what do the, what do the Magi actually teach us? That God deserves to be worshipped even when we receive nothing in return. They come to pay him homage. They come to offer the very best that they have. They didn't come to get something from him. They didn't come to receive something. It's at Christmas time that we see how full the church really is. What are our real numbers? The Sunday after Christmas, we reckon with these are the people that actually um, practice their faith. And on January 1st, we take stock of who practices their faith no matter what. The Magi teach us that God deserves to be worshipped, period. Or I should say, exclamation mark. Their adventure perhaps began as something enjoyable. Probably not. It would have been something, uh, if not difficult, at least somewhat dangerous, certainly expensive, probably coming from Persia. But by the end of it, their lives are in danger. They didn't know that when they came to worship the Lord, but they came to know that after having done him homage. They could have saved their skin. They could have turned him in. But no, instead, knowing that not only were their lives in danger, but their remaining there put his life in danger, they fled. They risked their own lives out of honor for God, out of honor for the king whom they knew had come from heaven, not knowing yet that he's God, but nevertheless. When we first come as infants led here by a pair of headlights, We don't know yet that we're worshiping God, but we learn to worship him. We learn the virtue of reverence and then realize why why we've been taught to kneel, to prostrate. 
No, the Magi teach us that truth can be known by natural reason and by revelation. And what we know to be true does not change. God does not change. By natural signs, they were able to glean that a great event was happening. By the message of an angel in their sleep, they were told that they were in great danger. And we continue to be led by God in that twofold way of natural reason and supernatural revelation. And we can be confident and peaceful regardless of how tumultuous, regardless of how confused people are. We, we, we know the faith, the Christian faith won't change. Some laws, some disciplines might, some of them for the better, some of them for the worse. That's always been the case. But we can be at peace because what we have is knowledge, not opinion. And so we can invite people to come and, like the Magi, do him homage, even without receiving anything. It is especially important on this epiphany to, to say an extra prayer for those people who continue to worship God, who continue to come to Mass, even though they may not receive Holy Communion. Their circumstances may be relatively benign or they may call for drastic conversion. But regardless, the fact that they know that God deserves to be worshipped, even by unworthy people, which is all of us, they remind us why, why we are here, because of God's mercy. Not because we are about to do something great, but because we are about to be witnesses to something perfect. Christ offering himself to the Father. It's also a reminder to us to continue to invite people, even people who can't receive Holy Communion, either because they are not baptized or not of the Catholic Communion, or their teachings of a serious nature that they reject, or their circumstances in their lives that are irregular, or because they're just unrepentant sinners. But the pew should be full, even if the number of people coming to the altar rail are few. It's in times of turmoil that we need to make sure that we are still mindful of those who need shelter, not just those who already enjoy this shelter. So the Magi have a great deal to teach us about truth, about worshiping God no matter what. Now, truth be told, we can't exaggerate to the degree to which we are living in difficult times and tumultuous uh, moments. I mean, the reality is we are about to take a piece of blessed chalk and mark our doorposts publicly as being the residence of a Christian. Let's not... Let's not congratulate ourselves too much for our courage. We are fortunate to live in great peace. 
compared to the Christians who are in jail, in prison, or under the threat of being arrested, continue to worship God. It's only a few years ago that it was friends of friends who were receiving notes under their door in Baghdad being told to leave within 24 hours or they would be killed. Or families whose front door would be painted with an Arabic N to mark them as a Nazarene. So when you do go home and mark your home and bless your home, convey to your home the blessing of the church over your domestic church. Be extra thankful that with, with no qualms whatsoever, you mark your home as the dwelling of a Christian. It could be, who knows, that times will change and we will have to flee for the hills except for the apostles remaining in Jerusalem. But even if that's the case, we will always be at peace because Christ has shown us the truth and it will never change. And we will always find an altar at which to worship. There's a beautiful little prayer in the New Mass for the Feast of Epiphany that um, is worth your hearing as well. Go before us with heavenly light, O Lord, always and everywhere that we may perceive with clear sight and revere with true affection the mystery in which you have willed us to participate. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.